0: My guest today is a former gym teacher who got the calling from the Lord at 30 to step into his purpose of singing and writing. He delves into the word through praise and worship, and he was part of the gospel group with his siblings called Ashmont Hill before taking the solo route by storm with My Worship, which is his latest single and has over 6 million views on YouTube. It went viral. Phil Thompson, welcome to the Blue Notes.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me.
0: Who is Phil Thompson? Talk to me about yourself.
1: Sure. Um, well... I'm one of eight siblings and my dad's a pastor in Boston. When I was a kid, My dad woke all of us up at 5 o'clock every single morning for devotion. So we would sing songs. We would read the Bible. It was just a part of my day, a part of my life. Before going to school, 5 o'clock. Of course, you know, we're kids, so we hated it. But it definitely instilled something because all eight of us are somehow involved in full-time ministry. You know
0: what? what? What's it like, though, being a preacher's kid? Is it a lot of pressure? Because I know from the outside looking in, it looks awesome. And it seems like you guys have routines and a tight connection with the Lord, with the big G. But what's it like being in the household where your father's the preacher and so you have to kind of keep up the same
1: um, It's funny. I get that question a lot. And my only real response to it is it's all I know. So I don't know what it's not like. Like in terms of pressure... I didn't feel any pressure at all. My dad was just really about instilling these values and these scriptures. Like The funny thing is, he would have us memorize scriptures in order to get dessert at night. So, Stop. We would memorize scriptures, <laughs> yep. Later on in life, with this songwriting gift that I discovered, all of these scriptures that I learned as a child came rushing back into my head. It all helped me know that God is intentional, you know, like God right. has a plan, because I feel like, I walked into something that I was kind of prepared for.
0: Like it all came around full circle, almost.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just to answer the B the part of your question, I was a PE teacher out of college, and I left PE e. e. to go into real estate actually full-time. And during that transition is when I was challenged by my sister to write a song. I literally found my purpose in that transition. And I wrote a song and realized, that not only did i have a gift for it but i like fell in love with it so then i taught myself to play the play instruments so mm-hmm. that i can support it and just kept writing and writing and writing even while i was doing real estate for a, for years i was just writing songs on the side and so yeah eventually i formed a group with my siblings But nothing was at the level that what's happening now with this song, My Worship.
0: I I just kind of want you to take me back. What was the first song that you ever wrote? Do you remember it?
1: Yeah, the first song I ever wrote was a song called Your Right Hand. And it was on the first Ashmont Hill album.
0: So did she call you up and say, you should write a song, Phil? How did that conversation go?
1: Okay, so I was like praying about leaving teaching PE because I love my job teaching PE. It was
0: mm-hmm.
1: such a great job. I'm not the type of person that could do a desk job. So PE was perfect because I got to wear sweatpants every day and go and <laughs> play with the kids. And But I just never felt like this is it. Right. So I was like, Teresa, I've been praying about leaving teaching and going full time into real estate investing. And I was just praying about it. She said, I just preached a message yesterday about thinking back about your childhood in order to find your purpose what your passions were when you were a child and she was like phil when i think about your childhood i think about you sitting on that piano even though you didn't know how to play it maybe you have this musical gift inside of you why don't you try to write a song and if you're able to write a song then you'll know it's time to leave teaching and go full-time in the real estate.
0: Wow. And so I'm wondering, did that come in the form of your sister's challenge? Is that how you felt that connection from God through your sister? Because I'm always curious, like, what does that sound like? What does that (laughs) look like? How did you experience that confirmation from God that, yes, this is it?
1: I think that confirmation came years later. In the beginning, I just knew that covered this gifting that I had. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that I loved writing songs. And I just had all these songs that I was constantly writing. I didn't even know what the songs were for. And then later on in life, like within the last three years, I went through such a difficult season, a really, really tough season in my life. I wrote so many songs in that season. And that's when I felt this call, this push in my gut. Like, Phil, release these songs and spark people to worship God through these songs. Mm And it was they were a different type of song because they came in the midst of such a painful season.
0: If you don't mind my asking, obviously, what was going on that had you in turmoil?
1: No, I don't mind at all. I was I was married for 16 years. Mm-hmm. I got married young. And filing for divorce was the toughest decision that I've ever made. But I felt like I had to make the decision, and I counseled with some really close, past the friends of mine before mm-hmm. I made the decision. But I felt like I, I had to make the decision for my children. What followed it was a season that I couldn't see them because of accusations that weren't true. And then mm-hmm. there was the custody battle for two yeah. and a half years in court. So all of it, having the children be dragged through that, all of that was really, I don't want to say it broke me because I'm still here, Mm -hmm. But I felt at the moment that I was so broken. And just the actual divorce felt like a death because I loved her, you know? Right, of course. So So it's like somebody
0: died or, yeah, you're mourning this relationship. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I was mourning the divorce and then dealing with the pain of what my children were going through and then trying to keep them in my life. So
0: all of that was a really cloudy season for me. And that can be very draining. I can only imagine. Was this after Ashmont Hill released their first record? This was after
1: Ashmont Hill released the third album. As soon as we released it, that's when everything happened. Okay, so
0: you go through this divorce and you're going through a really tough time and then you feel a calling on your life. And then what? then what happened so then
1: i totally stopped traveling with ashmont hill altogether in that season but i kept i kept writing because writing for me is lethargic i would sit down and write and i would feel better and then i would sing the songs that i'm writing which would uplift me i had no clue that the lord would take these songs and that so many people would be blessed by them at mm-hmm. that moment, I was writing just in a lethargic place. Basically, what happened was at the end of that three-year season, I could really start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Things were wrapping up. The custody battle thing was in my favor. And I was in such a grateful place because I was looking back over all the accusations and everything I had to go through to be where I was. And I was just so grateful. Almost took like tears. And right. that in, in that moment, the Lord spoke to me and said, that each person's worship is as unique as their fingerprint. Mm. And that idea sparked this final song. I thought I had compiled so many songs and I was ready to release them as a solo project because of that gut feeling I had. And then he gave me this last song. Which is my worship? My worship, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: How did everyone feel when you decided to move on on your own? Because those are your siblings, right? That are in Ashmont Hill with you. Yeah.
1: So that was tough because... I'm a very non-confrontational person, so I kind of played it through my head how I was going to say it and how they were going to react. But actually, when I ended up having the conversation, they went really well. They had all been on the sideline and had been watching everything that I had been going through because they're my siblings. So they were on the sidelines praying for me when I told them. And they were just like, Phil, if this is your gut feeling, and something that you need to do, then Please don't think that we have any problem with it. But the crazy thing is, I didn't know it was going to, like... Because Ashmon Hill was very low build, and it never really built to where I thought it was going to go. But, like, when I put my worship out, it was just instantly, like, boom. And it was, like, within the first week, it had over 100,000 views.
0: Yeah, I was getting ready to ask you how... How did you expect, did you foresee that happening when you put this song out?
1: How about this? This is the crazy thing. Before I put it out, I called all the gospel record labels just to see if there was any interest in me. And there wasn't any. Really, no one knew who I was. They knew Ashman Hill, but they were like, okay, yeah, that's the guy who wrote for Ashman Hill. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And then, so what I did was, I recorded audio in the studio, and I invited people, and I brought video guys into Recorder. So, the session that people are watching on YouTube is the actual recording session.
0: So cool. And, um,
1: yeah, I just decided, you know what? All right, no record label, and I didn't have any type of radio. Yeah, no backing at all. And I just put it out. In that first day, I can't even tell you how it happened. It really is the Lord because I didn't even boost it on YouTube. And the first day it had 20,000 views, and I'm like, oh my God. Wow. And then it started to average 30,000 and then 40,000 views a day. It That's was incredible. like all of a sudden it just happened just like that. And so I know it was nothing but the Lord, you know, God's hand. And right. instead of responding to accusations that were made against me that were not true, there were so many moments where I wanted to respond, and I never did. I feel like the Lord's vindication was was this song, My Worship, because I believe that the truth will always prevail.
0: Absolutely. And um,
1: this song came out, and really, the rest is history, because now it, we're traveling all over the world because of this song.
0: Yeah, I see. You were in Nigeria. Yeah. Jet setting. You were just yeah. on a flight, weren't you? Or yesterday, you just came from somewhere.
1: just on a flight, and then... On Thursday, I'll be going to London. Then next Friday, I'll be back in Nigeria. And then we're going to Ghana from there. So
0: your phone started blowing up. So what was the first call you got that you were like, okay, all right, things are starting to change?
1: After I put that video on YouTube, I put a little snippet of it on Instagram. Uh-huh. Okay? And that first day, before I had even released song on iTunes, I just put the snippet on Instagram and the full song on YouTube.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well... Not only did it go viral on YouTube, but it went viral on Instagram because so many celebrities were reposting that clip.
0: Incredible.
1: And so it just started to, like, snowball on Instagram as well. And so I was getting so many DMs from so many gospel artists that I grew up loving, Mm -hmm. and they were all just like, Oh, my God, who are you? You know, like, what is what is this song? Oh, my God. And that's when I brought in a manager, and people just started calling to book me. Like, two months after I released it, I was on my way to Africa for the first time.
0: Wow. And
1: I had never been to Africa in my life, you know. I'd never done all this traveling abroad. You know, Ashburn Hill, we pretty much stayed within the United States. Right. All of these Caribbean islands and all like. It just happened so quickly, Karina.
0: Who are you performing for there?
1: Different churches. That's amazing. uh, When I go, they're not only just flying me, they're flying... Me and eight people, but like my entire team. So it's like, oh, my God, it's so it's thousands of dollars, you know? Right. And now the way my manager does it is when we'll be in an area, he'll let other people that have inquired about me, he'll let them know so right. that we do multiple things while we're in an area, you know?
0: Perfect. Killing several birds with one stone. Right, exactly. But who are some of the gospel artists that you were influenced by, that you aspired to be like, who reached out to you? Jesus. I got literally
1: that room it went on itunes when i did release it on itunes the single debuted number two on the billboard chart
0: wow and
1: the album debuted number one on the billboard charts which is insane for this no-name dude you know
0: no it's honestly it's it's not easy to get on the top 10 much less the top five of a billboard chart so right right that's amazing i
1: got so many people i love they followed me and then but some of them sent messages like tasha cobb and Mm. jonathan nelson and israel hope william mcdowell and william murph man like the list goes on there were so many people the first guy that reposted it that kind of got the snowball going was a guy named i'm not sure if you know his his name his name is um jermaine dolly of course so
0: he really
1: he was so instrumental in putting me on the map because so many people that hit me up that I saw Dolly's post and Dolly put it up the day I put it up Dolly reposted it and I think his caption was like fam I don't know who this Phil Thompson guy is but everybody please go listen to this song and so because of that post so many people saw me because he's he's like an influencer you know right every single time it was just surreal moment after surreal moment so
0: you'd wake up every morning like what is happening yeah that's amazing and I so can, can you go back to the time when you were writing that song and take me to that place and did that song feel differently while writing it like what was that writing process like for you specifically
1: yeah I'll tell you I was doing laundry when I got that idea that each person's worship is as unique as their fingerprint. And I remember I stepped back from, I was putting the clothes from the washer to the dryer, and then I stepped back. I started to think about how the idea was so heavy to me, and I started to think about how we're all sum totals of all these life experiences, but we all have something unique to offer to God that no one else can offer Him. Mm -hmm. That's our worship because no one has walked a day in your shoes, Karina. You know, right? And so you have something unique to offer. I just felt like, wow, this is such a cool concept. It's so many that everybody can connect with. You Mm -hmm. know. And so I remember I came right downstairs, and usually I do a lot of writing by myself, but when I have an idea that's so deep, I, I believe in the principle that's in the Bible that says one can pull a thousand, two can pull 10,000, mm-hmm. you know? My best friend, his name is Benzo Matoga, he's actually born and raised in Malawi, which is kind of cool because of Africa's connection with this song. And I called him, and I was like, bro, I just got this revelation man and it's so deep and I talked to him about it and he's like bro let's FaceTime and we wrote the song like within a half an hour
0: oh because when you know you know it just comes out it just comes out yep it just comes out
1: and I knew the name of the song was going to be my worship I Mm -hmm. knew the name of the album was going to be called my worship that moment and I had an idea in my mind what I wanted the song to say, and then we just, so and I, we talked back and forth for 15 minutes, and then 15 minutes in, we were done, and how about this? This is the craziest thing ever. My oldest brother, his name is Pastor Andy, and he pastors a church. He pastors one of the fastest growing churches in the country, mm-hmm. called World Overcomers. It's in Durham, North Carolina. It's over 12,000 members now, and wow. that's less, less than... 13, 14 years, something like that. So I remember as soon as I got off FaceTime with Zenzo, I called him. I was like, Andy, I think I just wrote the song. And it's funny because him and I have talked about how, and he's encouraged me throughout the years and, and said, Phil, it just takes one song to put you on the map. Just one song. Yep. And he started naming different artists in their one song. Yeah, he's like, all you need is that one song, Phil. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: I called him, and I'm like, bro, I think I just wrote that one song, bro. I really do. Oh. He was like, what?
0: So now, are you still doing real estate?
1: I just, I don't have the time to do it because <laughs> you're out here jet have, setting, like, right? Exactly. So I still have my license but you know, and I think at some point. I'll get back on the investing side of it. But right now, this is the focus.
0: Now, what is the ultimate goal for Phil Thompson? What what do you want to do with this? Like, where do you want to take it?
1: I'm a dreamer, you know. When I look at, man, what Hillsong does and what, Mm -hmm. actually, my favorite band is Coldplay.
2: Mm. And
1: I sit and I watch them perform and sing Fix You which is my favorite all-time song ever. Mm -hmm. And I just know that the Lord has placed this desire in my heart to spark people to worship God. And I don't want to put any limits on how many people that the Lord can use me to spark to worship Him. I really have dreams and aspirations of I hate to say it because people don't like when people dream too big, you
0: know? Uh-uh. But that's not... You don't worry about other people. You dream as big yeah. as you need to dream.
1: So I see it On the level to where we'll be doing stadium just sparking people to worship God.
0: Yes, speak that into existence.
1: um, Yeah,
0: yeah, that's amazing. Now, you know, you're you're speaking about like faith and and wanting to impart that message of worship onto everyone that has the the opportunity to listen to the song, which is an amazing song. It's so it really gets to the marrow. It's a touching song. It moves you. That's the word. I'm looking for. It really moves you. You know, you seem like such a faithful person. You were obviously raised in faith, and I just want to know, does does your faith ever waver do you ever have those moments because now you're about to enter into a public space right where yeah. or you're enter you're already in a public space where now this has become your foundation um yeah. and it always has been but but what happens when when your faith wavers or does it ever
1: yes i don't believe there are any real christians and you know i i, I like i think there are christians who kind of put on air and are kind of just like they have the answer to every question, and everything's always so great. And for me, I have so many moments, Karina, where my faith wavers. There are times where I feel as though I literally say to the Lord, "Like, are you are you here? Like, do you really hear me?" Mm-hmm. Because, it's like, there are moments where I question everything. Right. And there's a song on my project called "The Ultimate" that says, "God, Your Word is settled forever. You are infinite. You're the ultimate, and we trust you." Mm -hmm. So the Bible says, and this goes back to my dad having us memorize scripture, the Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So at the end of the day, there are going to be times where you question God, and it's okay. Some of the Psalms that we read in the Bible is David lamenting about the fact that he doesn't feel like the Lord is with him all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I have plenty of moments like that, but in those moments, is when I realized that His ways are higher than our ways, the thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And God, I'm going to trust you. And even in the midst of this season where everything seems so cloudy, I'm just going to trust you. And this is what I've learned, right? And, like, I'm not going to preach at all. But I've learned that pain and birth are connected. So it's
2: mm-hmm.
1: like when Jesus was leaving his disciples, he said to them, each one of you going to go through pain. And then he equated that pain to the pain that women go through when they give birth to a child. Mm-hmm. And then every time the Old Testament refers to the word pain, it's referring to what Eve went through in birth. And so what women go through, obviously, is that nine-month period, and mm-hmm. then there's that extremely painful pushing it out.
0: Of this new and being, essentially.
1: Of yeah. this new being. But but then once it's pushed out, Karina, it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. And that's the picture of what pain does. Right. Because pain ultimately always produces something. Now it can produce bitterness and anger as well, you know? Right. If, if your perspective isn't the correct perspective. But, man, pain can literally produce something amazing and put you into your passion right. and into your purpose.
0: Or a new version so, of so, you.
1: Yeah, yep. And so sometimes I know it's inevitable for everybody, but sometimes it's needed. Yeah. I realize that, yeah.
0: Wow. You've you have described yourself as this shy introvert. Or so I read somewhere. How then do you go out there and perform in front of all these people? Like, what? How do you do it? Are you scared? How do you overcome the fear? Like, what happens?
1: So I remember when I first started doing it, there were a bunch of singers that I just, I have such respect for so many singers. And I would hear them doing all these amazing runs Mm -hmm. and the, the way they sang and the way that they performed and all of it. And I just always felt to myself. I could never do that. So even the first thought of me ever getting on stage, I just laughed at the fact that that's never going to happen. But at one point, I had this little epiphany, and actually, it's in the form of a prayer. So every time I go on stage, I say, God, take center stage so that you would be seen, so that you would be glorified. So so it won't be about any desire that I have to showcase anything, because I really don't think I'm that great. So I don't believe I have all of this talent to showcase. And so it's like, Lord, let it be all about you so that you get all the glory, so that you're seen, so that you're glorified. And Mm. so when I step out now, Karina, under that mantle, I actually, it's it's really interesting because I, I feel like I'm the most introverted, shy person in the world, right? But I really step out with this idea that God is about to get the glory right now. And it's not about me. And so, because of that thought process and that prayer that I pray every single time, I actually don't really get butterflies.
0: Wow.
2: Um,
1: I just...
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. So, it just kind of takes over any feeling of doubt or fear that you could even possibly have. Wow. Right.
1: And it takes away any feeling that I have of, like, let me showcase how great I am to people. Because everybody that takes the stage wants to show people how great they are
0: absolutely that's
1: that's where i feel like the nervousness is going to come in because it's like i'm, a, I'm gonna kill this i'm going to show everybody like how um how talented and how musically gifted i am mm-hmm. which i don't even have a problem with that it's just that if i had to do it that way oh my god i would never go on stage because you'd feel so under pressure right
0: yes exactly Exactly. Wow, that's a great point. Now with the success of my worship and these new opportunities that are surfacing, how would you describe this season in your life? Now you say you went through a dark period for three years. How do you feel now?
1: I feel grateful, you know. It's my favorite word. I feel so grateful, Karina. I'm just in this place where I'm looking over all the things that I went through. There's a lyric in my worship that says, for all the things you've done for me and no one can worship you for me okay
2: mm-hmm. And
1: I think about how had I not gone through everything I went through that even that lyric would have never came to my mind mm. And so I think about how everything like Travis's song that talks about how intentional God is.
2: yeah he's intentional.
1: He's never failing. Mm-hmm. It's like even those moments that you're like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, Why what are you is the reason to happen yeah. yeah. And now I'm in this place of gratefulness. I'm just grateful for all of it.
0: Do you feel at peace with yourself?
1: I do. I feel at peace and because I'm I'm hard on myself as well. Right. And so musically there's a place that I know that I wanna go to. So I'm always striving to to get to that place but i do feel at peace though so i don't know i think those two things kind of war each other a little bit right but i know you mean like you're
0: ambitious you're striving for something you're actively working towards something but at the same time you're still content with where you are even though they both are the opposite of one another kind of but they they're coexisting (laughs) Right. right now right have you ever thought of possibly exploring other genres i know for me that the passion of it all, the passion
1: of being able to sing about this perfect love. I really, Karina, feel like everyone's writing songs about love. Yes. Like we are all writing about love. It- in every genre. I just don't know how I would find the passion to write about any other type of love though. Mm. I'm so passionate about sparking people to worship God that if I'm singing, I feel like I'll be taking a step down if I'm singing about any other type of love. Not even to, I don't know, to spit on what all the other genres, I listen to other genres of music Mm -hmm. I just know that for me, it feel like this is where my passion is. And I want to be like always in the midst of something that I'm so passionate about.
0: Otherwise, it's not authentic and then it doesn't work. So, yes, you're right. Right. Who would be your dream collaboration?
1: Oh, man, I've got plenty of those. Uh, Listen, I told you I love Coldplay. So Chris Martin is like, he would be like so good. But in the gospel world. I grew up on Fred Hammond and Commissions. Mm -hmm. And Fred Hammond probably like my all-time favorite gospel artist. Kurt Franklin Mm, yes, um, is another one that I just, man, he's just got so many hits. He's such a legend. So I think those two.
0: You already said you love Coldplay, so you can't use this answer. But what's the craziest song that nobody would expect for you to love that's playing on your phone right now?
1: (laughs) Okay, should I say this?
0: You should. I think that you absolutely should. should. Yes.
1: So, oh man, I know my manager's gonna kill me for this, but I love a tribe called Quest.
0: Oh, okay. So,
1: <laughs> so the craziest song that people would like people would probably freak out to know that I listen to Tribe Called Quest all the time. And even their new project, I think is one of the one of like to be able to say that it's one of their best projects. But there's a song called We The People that. Oh,
0: tell your manager that I said (laughs) that he does not need to be mad at you because you're a person and you are allowed to like different styles of music and still be righteous on a Sunday. Okay, right, right. (laughs) okay and so if you had advice like if somebody came up to you and said you know what phil i you know i'm striving to fulfill my dreams and i want to accomplish something great with my life whatever that may be be it in music be it anywhere what is your advice to them
1: my advice almost exactly what you just said to be you and to be authentic i feel like the world is not looking for copycats the lord is not looking for copycats either and so Mm -hmm. he didn't make he didn't make you like anybody else he made you like you and so many people they look at okay, this is what's trending now, this is what, mm-hmm. okay, let me do it, let me do it like this, and it's so crazy, I called every record label, but then, after I dropped my worship, they all called me, you uh, know? hello know? They, they were all, yeah, I know, it's, isn't that crazy, like, they were all trying to sign me, and it was like, but at this point, I didn't feel as though that was the path for me, Right. and so, There are plenty of people that are friends of mine that are like, Phil, are you crazy? I'm not going to name any of the labels, but they want to sign you. Go sign with them. But I just feel like be authentic, be you, trust Trust your gut because a lot of times your gut is that Holy Spirit, that voice inside of you that that is Phil, so, and
0: so I trust. I you. say that all the time. Stop! Wow. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Like your gut feeling yep. is the Spirit speaking through you. Mm.
2: Yes. Come on, absolutely. word. <laughs>
0: Yes, no, you're right. That was a great point. What's next for Phil Thompson? What else can we look out for? I know your album is out. My Worship is out. It's available on all digital platforms. So make sure you check that out. Even the video is dope because it it looks super organic. And come to find out it is because it was the actual recording session of the song. So you should check that out on YouTube. But what else can we expect from you in the near future? I'm actually
1: writing right now for my next project. And I plan on doing a live recording at the beginning of 2019. Most likely in February or March. I'll probably be putting a single out at some point in March of next year. So from now to then, I'll be touring and writing, you know, because the touring thing is, is nonstop. <laughs> and, and that's an answer to prayer, too, so I, you, you won't hear me complaining about it. But, but yeah, but every downtime that I get, I'm writing for this next project.
0: Awesome. And where can we find you on social media?
1: Yes, at Phil Thompson Worship on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to buy any products, like,
0: Com. Amazing. Thank you so much. And where are you from? Like, what area?
1: Boston, City gotcha. of Champions. Boo. No, I'm I, just call, I call Tom Brady, Brady of Nazareth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I, <laughs> I rep
0: New York. Report. I'm living in Wisconsin, but I rep New York
2: all day. Oh, no. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> but it was such a
0: pleasure speaking to you, Phil. I honestly, I wish you the Great. very best. Great song. I see amazing things in your future. So I hope that you never stop.
1: Wow, thank you so much. I appreciate it.